When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Off The Bench with Jason Matthews. A look back at the week in sport and the big interviews. Oh, what a big week it's been on Sports Day. Had a lot of fun as well with our guests and also some of our topics. Of course, that's put together teams of big-headed players, uh, bearded players, the best teams with beards, and and also uh, pinheads uh, as well. So a bit of fun. Speaking of which, Dave Fairley, who was given the captaincy of the big heads, uh, he'll be joining us uh, today on Off the Bench. Andy Raymond, who has a podcast called Andy Raymond Unfiltered, talks to some of the big names in sport. Well, he sat down with Wally Lewis, and Wally gave him his greatest ever state of origin team, and only features one blues player. Not happy, Jen, about that. We'll have a have a listen to that chat. Uh, Braithen Astor, the new anchor, the host of NRL 360. He'll be joining Kenzie, Paul Kent on that show. He will join us and he talks about some pre- pretty revealing stuff around growing up and not being able to play for South. We'll talk about that. But let's kick off the show tonight with the man who won a premiership last year with uh, the Panthers. He is their co-captain, great country boy from New South Wales, Isaiah Yo joined us on Sports Day. Uh, this bloke is hoping to go back-to-back. He's the co-captain of the Penrith Panthers. Isaiah Yo joining us now on Sports Day. Can I start off, Sats, yep. by saying something up front to Isaiah? Uh, congratulations, mate. You became a dad at the end of last year. I did, I did. It was, um, yeah, so what I expected in the uh, delivery ward, but uh, <laughs> everything went good, and it was, um, yeah, obviously a little bub at the end of that, so it was... No, nah, but it's yeah, it's been unreal. Obviously, it's um, different. It's it's hard, but it's uh yeah, no, nah, it's been the best thing ever. So uh, loving every minute of it with uh, my partner Ashley. Now you had a little girl. Did you have any of the gas, Yoey, or not? Uh, I had a little crack at it, but I yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that gets. I don't know how that could get you through a, a labour. Um, so my, my missus, <laughs> I had a little crack, and that does nothing. <laughs> and my missus on the epidural, so. Uh, they're saviours, and I don't know why uh, all girls wouldn't do that uh, if that was on the, uh, on offer. But I uh, had that, and that was a she ended up she ended up sleeping more than what I did. So she was in labour, had the epidural, and she she fell asleep for a couple of hours. I mean, That's lazy. Yeah. I'm giving her I'm giving her dirties. Going, you're joking, <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was all good. Mum pulled up really well, and yeah, the bub's uh, doing well. So uh, it's been unreal. And do you find yourself now? Isaiah, when you're at training and you do some extras like you are, because I've heard you're the thorough professional, but there's also this this part of the back of your mind where you're saying, oh, I want to get home and see Bub? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. It's obviously, yeah, I, my missus is pretty good with sending me photos and videos throughout the day. Uh, so that's been good. She's already the favourite. Um, so that's probably a little <laughs> bit to do with me at training and, and Ash giving the cuddles the whole day. Um, mm. I was trying to put it down the other night and screaming at me the moment I passed under the missus, not a drama. <laughs> Weren't you, little bugger? Already, already I'm second fiddle. <laughs> no, nah, it's, look, it's been good. It's, it's obviously, yeah, it's something I look forward to when the day's finished, get home as fast as I can and, and give her a cuddle before she goes down. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's just it, what everyone's told me, it, it is and, and more. So, no, nah, it's, it's been unreal. Now, have you had time to reflect? Over the off season, the crazy twenty twenty one season. 
Uh, yes and no. Yeah, it was obviously that sort of feeling once it was done was um, yeah, unbelievable and something you can't really put into words. It, there was a lot of re- there was definitely a lot of a relief there, particularly after the 2020 season, how that finished for us. Um, I, I remember feeling that once the whistle went, there was a lot of relief there. But no, I probably haven't sort of thought about it in the context of just that, as a whole, what it meant for the community and that sort of stuff. He sort of won that, and then a month later, I'm welcoming me little bub into the world, and then all of a sudden we're back at training, sort of trying to push everything from the 2021 season um, in the back of our minds and, and really focus on the 2022 season. So, look, it's certainly something I think I'll be very proud of and very fond of looking back on it when I retire and as I get older. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's sort of... You're sort of just in a constant cycle in the rugby league world, and... Um, you can't be thinking too much, I guess, about last season when you, all your focus is to the 2020, uh, 2022 season. So, um, but yeah, no, it was obviously an un- unbelievable night and very fun couple of weeks after. As the co-captain, is it a blur? When you think about lifting the cup with Nathan, is it still a blur to you? Or can you remember back that time when you handed the, the, the cup and and you, you lift it up? Or is it just something that you're looking at it as a third person now? Yeah, that that was a blur. Like the actual when we all got up on stage together and sort of cheered and that. I sort of remember little bits and pieces um, when the siren went. Um, I'm not much of a cry, but I cried on Dylan Edwards' shoulder, and then two minutes later, I found Nathan. We cried on each other's shoulder. So I cried twice. I cried twice in the year, and it was all in the space of five minutes. Um, but yeah, so I remember those two sort of um, yeah found Dill sort of just close to each other, and then obviously when me and Nate saw each other, I think we probably had sort of similar feelings. Um, obviously overwhelmed with excitement and that, but then a lot of relief at the same time. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think those sort of those memories will stick with me forever. I think. I hope your your beautiful wife doesn't listen to this because you cried on Nathan's shoulder and Dylan Edwards' shoulder, and you didn't cry apparently when your baby was born because you said you only cried twice uh, in the one year. So, I, no, I, sorry, well, I cried three times in the space of a month, then <laughs> okay. five minutes, and then I I, 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 I teared up when uh, Haven was delivered. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I was a struggle. I was a sweaty mess. I'm, I'm a sweater at the best of times. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I, shouldn't have wore a past, I shouldn't have wore a pastel shirt that day in the delivery ward. I was sweating bullets. Now, um, I remember back uh, 2003 and how long you celebrate for. I know celebrations have, have changed a lot now, uh, Isaiah, but I can still recall that the best celebrator for that week was Trent Waterhouse. It was just legendary how long he went for. So, who was yeah, the best? Who was the best celebrator out of the out of the squad? Uh, there'd be a few. A lot of our boys that actually didn't play <laughs> were, were really, really good. <laughs> um, Jermaine Hopgood, he sort of springs the morning. He was unreal. Uh, Billy Army Kickow uh, was red hot there. He didn't sleep much for for a few days. Uh, Nathan actually, he was he was really good. They're probably the ones that stick to mind. I remember Nathan was. He was with Kickow, so uh, I'd imagine Kickow handles the drink a little bit better than Nathan's by size. And Nathan, yeah, we've all walked in. All the fam- we had like a little function room where all the families would have breakfast. So it was like day or two, day two or day three, I think. And all of a sudden, the, <laughs> the doors have opened for, for all the little families, all the kids are coming for breakfast. And Nathan and Billy are still in there drinking, going, <laughs> "Oh no, it's daytime." So little things like that. But it was it was just a different feeling. Obviously, all our families were up there, so and we were sort of in that little. Like I said, that little team room. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, partners, a lot of uh, kids getting around as well at the same time. So, okay, Preston um, no, Campbell. Look, it was unreal. It was that, that. <laughs> Preston Campbell celebrated yep. the least, Isaiah, okay? Because he's a family man. He's, he's not really a drinker, and, and he's really happy and comfortable in his own skin where he'd just go home whenever he wanted to. So is there one person that stands out that celebrated the least? 
Um, is, there an, is there a person that just religiously go goes home? Oh, no, nah, that'd be me. I'll put hand up for that. I'm going to I'm go, I'm go home. I'm very comfortable in my skin, and when I'm done, I'm done. Um, and there's no peer pressure or anything that can get me back into that once I've made my mind up. So uh, maybe not that weekend, but, um, yeah, I'm probably to go home. Uh, I go home pretty well uh, on nights out when I've had enough. Um, so I have to put my hand up. It must be the number thirteen jersey at Penrith because I was the same. <laughs> now, uh, did, yeah. you, did you get a it's tattoo? Uh, did you get yeah. a tattoo or not? No, I haven't. I was late on the call. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get uh, the bub name somewhere, and I'll get um, the Premiership tattoo one as well. Maybe not as big as Nace. He's sort of covered up his whole time one of his ribs. Yeah, uh, there's a few sort of biceps and getting around. So um, if I had bigger arms, that might be. All right for me, but I've got knots in cotton, so I've got to try and figure out a spot. <laughs> I'll figure out a spot, and I'll get it at some stage. So um, you can hold me to that. Now, last night, Jose, we we picked a team of the biggest melons, the biggest heads in the history of rugby league, and we come up with a number of players. We've got a lot of nominations from our listeners, and it's not the size of the head in relation to how how round it is. It can also be how long. Yeah. Would your would your co-captain and, and best mate Nathan Cleary would would have you nominated him for a big head award? Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's his chin that makes it probably a little yeah. bit bigger. Um, mm. No, nah, I don't, maybe for a half back. He's got a long head, I guess. But yeah, the chin plays a big part in that. So yeah, him and Luke no, Brooks. I don't know. It's um, yeah, uh, yeah. I reckon I reckon Brooks would have a bit longer head than him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> now. Uh, you lost a lot of players, um, really good players as well, of course. Um, uh, you've got uh, Matty Burton that's gone, Kurt Catewell, Naden as well. But does the production line of of the Penrith Panthers just keep rolling on where you can replace these players? I mean, Burton's going to be a huge loss, but um, you've got a, a lot of players coming through the, the through the system. Yeah, there is. And that's something I think Penrith as a, as a club really prides itself on, I think. Um, we've definitely benefited from that over the, the last few years, the production line we've got. So, like you said, they're obviously big losses. It's hard to replace them. Matt Burton, um, the Kurt Capewell, Paul Mongrowski, those kind of players. But, but that's just, that's the reality, and that's what, that's what we've got to do. So, um, yeah, there's obviously some exciting youngsters um, coming through that will obviously fill in those positions. I think uh, Isaac Tago will play a major role in the team this year. Uh, yeah, I just think he's he's got so much potential and showcased a little bit last year, but another preseason under his belt, and then, uh, more of an opportunity, I, I think it'll go really well. So, yeah, like you said, they're big losses, but uh, we're fortunate enough that um, we've got a big nursery out here in Penrith that's sort of stretching out even over the Blue Mountains into the Central West where I'm from. And, um, yeah, obviously it's yeah exciting times for a lot of the young boys coming through. Now, the Mount Druitt trio, Crichton, Luai, and, and also Toto, they, have they got anything planned for 2022? They, uh, they would have been coming up with something, some sort of new <laughs> song or a dance or whatever it may be. Have we got anything planned? Uh, you wouldn't know. You just you sort of just let them do their own thing. They they help me though. We do those Channel Nine promos and that sort of stuff. And yep. I think they are you not a dancer? You not a dancer? Or... dancer. <laughs> no, I'm neither. No, I'm neither. Maybe after a couple of beers, I might sort of swing my hips a little bit. But that's about it. <laughs> but um, no, they take the reins of that. So <laughs> you, I um I you, thank them a lot. For you that. would be a gawky and, and six foot and box. Be there licking their lips. You'd be a gawky oh, six foot four dancer. I oh. to... <laughs> I can imagine you at the Dubbo works, yeah. Workers Club when... <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> So there was one nightclub in Dubbo, and then I reckon as I got older, I'd find myself crouching down a little bit more so my head wouldn't be above everyone else's while I tried to dance. Uh, and, no, and zero rhythm as well. So, yeah. yeah, you could have just imagined how that would have looked. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they probably, yeah, just sort of let them do their own thing. And 
it's just all natural. Like it's not just for the cameras or anything. Like what you see. Um, and all those promo stuff is exactly what we deal with every day training. So, yeah, yeah no, look, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's very fun. Are you um, are you turning out for the shark, uh, for the Panthers against the Sharks this weekend in the preseason trial, or are you waiting till the second one? Uh, yeah, so not playing this one. Um, waiting for the Paris. So um, I think it's a bit similar to last year. A lot of the younger boys will miss sort of football. Um, because of the COVID, they'll obviously get a, a really good opportunity this week. And um, I think they sort of go with your top 20, 22, I think, next week. So that'll be sort of our big trial. And I think sort of most teams will do that too. Just without it, everything's gone with the COVID um, over the last couple of years. Just give the younger boys a crack and get them some more minutes and go from there. So I'll be, uh, I'll be there cheering them on and, and looking forward to it. Uh, just as... watched you score a try in a replay of a game in 2018 against Manly at Brookvale Oval. There you go. There you go. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> I don't get many and I don't remember that so <laughs> I that. now listen as a dad of uh, of a girl now and Sats and I both have girls you've got to start working on your dance moves because you've been doing a lot of dancing in the lounge room uh, I was I had to suffer through Taylor Swift when my girls were very young so you better start working on those moves mate he'd be a country music man oh, Garth, little girls don't dance to Garth Brooks mate alright yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll best start practising then. <laughs> Isaiah, uh, look, thanks for your time on Sports Day today. Good luck. Round one, not too far away. Thursday, March 10, the Panthers and the Seagulls. What a blockbuster at Bluebet Stadium, mate. Good luck mm-hmm. uh, for 2022. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me, Tuck. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Certainly is. Welcome back to it. The man who's heading up the NRL 360 show this year on Fox joined us during the week. Yeah, I read today that you were nervous. You're going to put your own element to the show. Um, yeah. Braith, um, what's what's going to be different in relation to the way Braith and Astor approaches the show? Oh, yeah, so it's, listen, I, mate, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a footy nut. I was grown in the rugby league. Uh, obviously, you just mentioned George being my uncle. I've, you know, I've played at a young age. I've played first grade for a long period of time. Uh, I've been coaching. I've got my accreditation as a manager. So I like to think I've got my ear to the ground. So I'm all over that. In terms of what I bring, um, I want to have a bit of fun with it. I think I think with the show, with 360, it's really important to have that player perspective. A lot of it is so, journal, um, with the journalists, you know, so dominant. Uh, obviously, they've got a lot of good information. They've got scoops and all that. But I think the players need to be represented a little bit more. And, and I'm looking forward to having that opportunity to do that. I, I get along well with Kenty. I know you have a laugh about Kenny. Kenny, he can be quite harsh, uh, but he's also, he's, he's pretty switched on. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not always going to agree with him, and, and I think that's that's pretty, you know, I think that's a good thing. So I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to um, take him on if, if need be and, and, and argue my point. But as I said, I, you know, I think I'm just going to be myself. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to have some fun with it. I'm going to stir the pot a little bit and fire the boys up. No, it'd be very good. I'm looking forward to it, Braith. Always been a fan of yours. Now, to get back to on-field, and I want to ask you that question. I've never asked you this question. You've been a South mm. boy growing up. How come you never went back to the Bunnies? Yeah. Yeah, Sats, you know what? Well, I don't talk about it much, but you know, I would have been there my whole life. Like, I, you know, I was red and green um, through and through, and my uncle was, you know, I, I just wanted to play for South. That's all I ever wanted to do. Obviously, George, you know, he played for South in Australia. He, he, he coached them. He's the president, and I wanted to be their ball boy and I wanted to play my whole career there. Like, that was just it. But 
they got kicked out at a really critical stage in my career. I was only, I think I was 16, 17. I was just about to sign my full-on um, first real contract. And they had no, they, they weren't in the comp and they, they had no real, no one had told them when they were going to be back in the competition. So there was no real security there. And even George said to me at the time, he said, Brad, you're going to have to look elsewhere, mate, because I don't know if we're going to get back in. So that's why I went to the Bulldogs. And then just through one way or another, I just couldn't, I just didn't get back there, you know. It's, and, and to be honest with you, it's probably a little bit of a, a regret for, uh, for me, but, uh, you know, it's just the way that things went. And unfortunately, I just didn't get a chance to put that, that, um, that jersey back on. You know, we would have had you in a heartbeat, mate. I mean, speaking on behalf of South Sydney supporters, it, <laughs> it must have been heartbreaking. Yeah, no, for, it must have been heartbreaking for George to, to tell you that news. Yeah, it was. I mean, George, you know, he's so passionate about the club. I just loved it, and he didn't want me to go anywhere. Um, and, I, you know, he, he knew how much I wanted to play for South. He fought so hard for that club, and if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be in the comp right now. You know, That's I feel right. really passionate about that. I, I marched with George, and but I was there with Bells on my mum's, you know, George's sister. And it, we just, we just, you know, we were so passionate about it. He was heartbroken. Uh, at the time, it was funny because, you know, he didn't want me to go to the Roosters, so... At the time, he did everything possible to send me anywhere he could, and he, he sent me to the Bulldogs. He was the one that sent me there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm still close with George to this day. And yeah, as I said, it's just something that didn't work out. I would have loved it to have worked out, but unfortunately, I suppose not everything um, works out to be a fairy tale, you know. It was the unofficial launch of the NRL season last weekend, boys, with the All-Stars game. We get into the trials this weekend, and we'll see a lot of new faces this weekend and a few older faces trying to get a, you know, a contract um, first time we're seeing preseason games uh, broadcast. I reckon this is fantastic, and I reckon Braith and Sats. I reckon we could see record crowds at trials this weekend because I think we're ready for footy. Mm. Yeah, we are. I mean, it's because of the last couple of years how difficult it's been, and I know it's been a little bit different in Queensland, a, a tiny bit, but in, in New South Wales, you know, the fans have hardly been able to get to a game. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's really. I mean, it's the evolution of the game, it's the evolution of TV, and. We just want to show as much as we can, and, and that's good. I mean, it's good that Fox is showing all the games, all the trial games. It gets all the fans involved. It gets everyone excited for the season. It gives everyone access, and, and like you said, it also gets gives the fans an opportunity to see some of these young kids coming through that have got an opportunity to play first grade because they do get a good a good hit out as you know in the trials. And mm. you know, trials you, you can't you don't know who's going to win the common you know, this time of the year. If you you did say guessing. Um, he did set throwing darts if you think you, got, you know he's going to win the competition. But the, at least you get excited about the season and we know it's not far away. Braith, I loved it how fit you get during a preseason, and you go and play your first game and your lungs are burning after about 10 or 15 <laughs> minutes and feel as though you haven't trained at all through the through the preseason. Now, Braith, in relation to the, the multitude of players that have changed clubs, I'm going to throw some players at you. Which player stands out yep. to you that's going, going to have the biggest, um, the biggest uh, influence on their club? Finucane? Hines, Reynolds, Josh Adokar, Matty Burton, Sean Johnson, Jackson Hates, yeah. Hastings. Wow. Yeah. How exciting. Uh, you know, I think if you, if you listen, all those players will have a huge impact. If you're looking at, you know, who's the best fit and what club needs that player right now, I think Brisbane. Brisbane need Reynolds big time. Brisbane, you know, they've been that young team with so much uh, promise, but just haven't been able to have that experience and that game management. And, and that's what's cost him a lot of games over the past couple of seasons. So I think he brings that. And obviously, with Tony Staggs coming back from injury, he's, mate, he's one of the best players in the game. I think he's going to be Dalian Center of the Year easy. Um, 
So he, he's a big buy. Burton and that O'Carr, well, obviously the Burton, I mean, he's in a key position. That O'Carr, we know how good he is. And the back three is so important these days for all teams. He, he's, he's a supreme um, finisher, one of the best in the game. And there's no substitutes for speed. But in terms of you know, key positions, Burton really holds the key there. But I still think they're a year away with Marnie and Kickout, which they really need a nine and a quality back row. So they're still a year away. Uh, Finucane and Hines are big because with Cronulla, um, yeah, I think... Fitzy can make a big difference. I, a lot of people don't know Craig Fitzgibbon, right? I've worked underneath him. I've played with him at the Roosters. He will make a huge difference just from his aura, his work ethic, his discipline, and the respect that he commands from his players. So everyone's talking about Cronulla. If you look at their on-field team, you don't go, wow. You don't think, oh, you know, they're going to win the comp. But with, with Fitzy at the helm, I think you'll get the best out of every player, and they'll be a big improver. Uh, Sean Johnson will, mate. Like he's... he's when he's at his best, there's no better player. Mm. So he can make a huge difference as well. But is he, you know, I mean, he's getting to the end too. So does he have that flash and that speed and that, 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 that big game moment that he's had throughout his career? So time will tell. So we're looking at the top eight, Braith, and I know just purely based on the playing groups that we look at from round one, for example, you've got the Storm Panthers, Rabbitohs, Eels, Roosters, Seagulls, Titans seventh, Sharks eighth. Now, I think we all agree that probably seven of those sides, including the Sharks, will probably stay in the eight. If you had to pick, if the Titans were going to drop out of the eight, and this is only um, purely um, speculation, it's a speculation. Yeah. is there another team that yeah, jumps up? Huge speculation. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at teams, the improvers, I think, as I said, I think, I think the Broncos and, and, and the Bulldogs, for me, are the big improvers. I, I don't see... The Dragons, you know, yes, they've recruited three or four new players, but I don't think they're going to really, um, you know, take the team to great heights. They're not really key inclusions. Um, I think the Titans are still going to struggle again. Uh, the Titans are going to formidable forward pack, you mm. know, I mean, and, and, and they should really make the top eight again. I, I love the way they played last year. I'm, they're probably a little bit skinny in, in, a, in a couple of key positions, which worries me about them. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah they're, they're my two. I, I think... Manly just off the back of Tom will be there. Um, Melbourne will be there again just off the back of their class and their, their culture and their system. Uh, they, don't have, they don't have as much depth, but they'll be there again. So, yeah, I just think that, that Brisbane and the Dogs are the, probably the, the two that I'd keep an eye on to take that, that eighth position or, or sneak into the eighth this year. Brisbane should do it easily. So the Knights finished seventh last year, and in a good friend of yours you've played a lot of rugby league with and played in the grand final in 2010 with, how big are the losses Mitchell Pearce to the Knights? He's huge. And Pearcey was their, arguably their best player apart from Ponga. And, and although he was ageing and, you know, maybe not his best, he was still their best. Um, he's big loss, big loss. So, you know, and, and Clifford really hasn't, you know, I, I've watched him play a lot, Clifford, in, in, the, in the 20s, and you would have watched him too, so that's mm. coming true. He, he was the best of his, of his age group. He hasn't quite transitioned at the first grade. It's not an easy thing to do. He needs to find that. Um, I see them really skinny in the halves. I do, um, and, I, and, and you know, I probably would have kept him another year. Um, not too sure what happened there behind closed doors, but obviously there was a bit of bit of uh, goings on off the field that may have impacted that as well. But uh, yeah, they're going to miss him big time. Puts a lot of pressure on Kalen because the thing with Pierce too is he took, yeah, he took a lot of eyes off Kalen. You know, mm. when Kalen was on the field and vice versa. You know, so it's they'll be focused just on the one at the moment because there isn't too many other threats outside of him in that side, apart from Bradley, who he's out injured as well, I think. So 
Yeah, they got some trouble. They're in some trouble to start the year. We've got a lot of Knights listeners um, that also have a lot of input into the show. What stage of if Kalen is going to stay at the Knights, and I hope he does, mm. what stage of his career does he move up into the front line? Do you think, or do you just think his whole career will be in the jersey number one? Uh, again, it depends on you know how they start the year. I mean, I I, I think he's definitely a one. Um, yeah, he could play six easily, but he's. His vision, is, you know, he's, when he comes, skips across that left hand side. He plays short or long. He's got that little skip and that little double pump. He, he's, he's he's like a half playing fullback. He could play in the halves easily, but if you keep him at one, keep, one's the most influential player these days. You look at Tedesco and Turbo; they touch the ball more than anyone. They're, they're all they're, they are wherever the ball is, the one is there. You know, you kind of like when you're a half these days. You know, they split him like, you know, left and right and all that sort of thing. You probably don't get as many touches as a, as a fullback and. As many involvements or time with the ball in open space, and he's got great footwork. So I'd leave him there. But again, it's just that if they can just find that six and seven to, to, to get it done in the halves, you know, they've got everything else covered. Even Braley, and Braley, I'm a big rap on Braley, and I think I think it was two years ago when he first got there, he was their best player, and he got injured again, and they sort of fell fell away off the back of that. So they haven't had much luck either, you know, the Knights. But um, I, I think he's a fullback, Kalen, but he could easily play halves, easily. Now, Braith, before we let you go, um, and I believe you're on holiday. I saw you the other day, actually, no shirt on once again. But in saying yeah. that, um, <laughs> Jeez, you, brought, you, raised, you raised that a lot, mate. Yeah. In saying that, we have a segment later on called True or False. Now, can you give me true or false that on NRL 360, there will be electrodes that will be attached to Paul Kent? And if he says something wrong, you've got a button that you can push. Just true or false. Right. I'd be very happy with that. True. I'd be very happy with that. Stunt gun. You can, you know, whatever it takes. Poor Kenzie. Whatever it takes. Poor Kenzie. Right. I reckon he oh, will. Mate, he's probably yeah. missed yelling for the last six months. We were saying off the air, or saying on the air at the start. So he's probably been yelling at Santa Claus in the off-season, so we don't he's know what's going to angry man, isn't he? No. I just want to get a few smiles. Like, <laughs> he's no. all right. He's no. all right. Our favourite segment on no, television, all of te- television, is Good Times with Kenzie. That is yeah. that's our favorite. Oh, we'll have to make sure it stays in. Hey, one more quick one before you go, Braith. Uh, we're talking about bearded, yep. bearded players, not not these well-groomed, you know, manscaping beards of today. Did you play alongside any great players with great beards? Oh, who's like? Uh, I'm trying to think. Who had a good beard back in the day? Aaron Woods Mate, had, a good beard. had a beard there for a while. Woods, he had a beard. I don't know if he had it when I was with him there at the time. Nate Miles had a terrible yeah. one there for a while mm. uh, back when I played with him. Who else had a beard? He needed a beard. To, I don't know. He needed he a beard, didn't he, to, to hide that massive skull of his, didn't he? That'd be a big beard. What about the size of his head? <laughs> He's got the biggest head ever, Miles. I, I can't believe he attacked <laughs> Paul Gallon's fist. Gallon could knock him out. <laughs> he couldn't miss, could he? Paul right. Gallon, he broke, he broke his head. <laughs> <laughs> Brave, we're going to let you go. When does uh, NRL 360 uh, kick uh, off? It's uh, the Monday of round one, so the first week of the season there, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, so tune in, guys. should be good fun. All right, mate. Catch you later. Braith Anasta from Fox. Right. Uh, thanks for your time on Sports Day. No worries, guys. See you later. There he goes. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. We're talking now to potentially the skipper of the big head team that you're putting together tonight. He's currently the officiating coach of the referees. He played six tests for the Kangaroos. 
10 origins for the mighty Blues, 219 first grade games with Norse and, of course, uh, Newcastle, had a stint in the UK in Super League and hails from the fighting city of Arimba on the Central Coast. And he was a nightmare to play against. Yeah, and he was a nightmare to work with as well. Mm. He used to threaten me every single Saturday. It was, it's Dave and I used to do a sport. Dave Fairley, welcome to Sports Day. Hi, guys. I We used to – there was three of us doing a sports show, so – me and my other mate who used to do it, we just used to eat pies mm. like during the show, 8 o'clock in the morning. David come in all prepped, serious about rugby league, and he used to get upset with us every single week because we never took it seriously. <laughs> and at the time, Dave, you were coaching yep. the reserve grade team, weren't you, at Newcastle? Oh, Newcastle. Yes, yes indeed, a long time ago. And you didn't have a win that season, did you? Um, yeah, we could have had a couple of wins. It was a light on season, um, rookie year, <laughs> learning a lot as a coach, mate. Anyway, let's move on. That was 25 years ago. <laughs> Dave, we want to look, don't take this the wrong way, but we are doing a team of big heads uh, tonight on Sports yep. Day. And, and, mate, Sats and I thought of you straight away. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. It's very <laughs> kind of you. Um, there's just something not cool about having a big head. Now, I haven't really worked out what that is. I'm still trying to put my finger on it. I will say, Jason um, Matthews, you have been in radio for a very long time, and there's probably a reason for that. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> like, so just want to go back. You did you did touch on Tatey. Now, Tatey doesn't have a big head because Tatey's got a big jaw. So I think there's also, you know, you've got sheer big heads, which is fine. But then I think you're branching off into other areas. So you need to pull in your, your, what your processes are because Tatey doesn't really qualify. He's got a big head or a big forehead, <laughs> you know, a big jaw. He's not, he's not in it, Tatey. He's not in it. But there is a guy, and I thought about this, that there is a guy in North Queensland that is in it because there's not often I talk to someone and, and I go, well, he's got a big head because... <laughs> That's what people must feel when they talk to me. But Gavin Cooper, Gavin Cooper, Sats, you will yeah. back me up here. Gavin yep. Cooper, uh, all-round bonnet size. Mm. I, I think I think he goes good. Um, I've got some other names for you, which I don't know what your squad is, but I've got some potential candidates. Um, yep. So I think uh, a bit old school here, going back a little bit, Paul Langmack. Um, well, it's funny you should say that. Cracker. Funny you should say that we've got a lot of nominations here coming through, and I was going to get to those soon. Paul Langmack has got a lot of mentions. Daisy, yeah, Langers. Uh, there was a guy that played for the Raiders, and the badge would know him, but Paul Osborne. Oh, Aussie. He, he's mm. got a he's got a perler. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm saying that. So um, there's another guy now. I think when you factor in, like, so okay, I've got a big head, right? So, but I've got a big body. So when you weigh up the body to head ratio, yep. it's actually it's actually pretty normal. But good point. Yeah, you know, I remember a guy. Um, you might have played with him, a bloke called Scott Logan. He was a good footballer. Verbal. He's a Queenslander. He played yep. at the Roosters. Mm. He was a big man. He mm. was a big man, but he had a tiny head. Pinhead, yeah. And absolutely, but, yeah. So he had the opposite. Mm. So we're doing that next you know, week. I always how he, yeah, I always wondered how he felt. But anyway, back on track. Now. I think the little guys, there's a lot of big guys in this sort of, you know, squad that you, that's developing. Um, I think little guys, you know, regardless of their height, um, they still should be considered. You know, I think um, 
body size to head ratio. I think Luke Brooks has got to get a run. Brooksy, <laughs> he can't escape it. That's a great nomination. He's got to fly. Mm. He's got to. Well, he's got to fly the flag for the modern NRL player. Yeah, mm. you know, we're, we're picking guys here that have gone, you know, through generations, and, and today's generation can't be discarded. And I'm sorry, Brooksy, love you, mate, but you know, you'll learn in, as you get older, mate. It's something to be proud of. Hey, Daisy, where does um, Nate Miles sit in relation to this team? Oh, yeah, I think. See, yeah, I think you, I think you hit it on the head there. Uh, Pardon the pun. I think he's definitely. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, he's got to be considered. There is a guy I played against in England. Now he was the guy that Gordon Tallis had that great stint oh, with yeah. when uh, Brisbane played Wigan. Terry O'Connor. Mm. Um, prop for prop for Wigan's worth a Google. Um, <laughs> He he he's good. Like I, he's one of those guys. I actually, whoa, I felt a little bit, ooh, bit intimidated. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that sort of that rounds it out. Yeah, I want to honourable mention. Like it's, he hasn't got a big head, but he's got a horse head, and that's my boss. He's a great fella and a great boss um, at the NRL, and that's Jared Maxwell. Oh yes, Jared Maxwell, absolute horse head. Mm. Is he our well, referee? He horse for nothing. Mm. He's the boss, general manager of the referees. He's a terrific fella and a, a terrific boss. But in, in, um, in our so, team we're putting together as well, we're putting, we need a coach and we also need a referee for the match. Well, I want to throw this to you, Daisy. We've got the referee, Jared Maxwell, Horsehead, and then the coaches yep. in nomination at the moment, Jack Gibson, Arthur Beetson, uh, yep. Tim Sheens, yep. whose nickname is Pumpkin, and yep. Phil Gould. Yep. We're getting a lot of nominations for yeah. Phil Gould. Yeah, well, mate, I, you know, there's some good names there. We're in we're in elite company, so um, it's you know I've had um, trying to think of some funny stories. Um, I'm sure there's been some over the time. I remember one one time um, I was training at um, Parramatta just quickly, and um, the guy was in fixing the gym equipment, and I was running on the gym equipment, and I'm running away, and he come over and he said. Hey Dave, have you got a second? And I said, Yeah, mate, sure. And I stopped the running machine. He said, Mate, um, did you ever used to get tormented as a kid? And I said, No, why? And he said, Well, you know, he, he got a big head. And I, I was in shock. But anyway, I took a couple of moments to think about what he said, and and I confronted him about it. And let's just say he never said it again. <laughs> Dave Fairley doing some gear for us yeah. uh, tonight, <laughs> mate. What's this? What's this new role you're doing at the NRL? You, you're you, you're kind of wedged between your referees, boss, and the coaches and the teams. Is that what? Is that what you're doing? Uh yeah, kind of, kind of, Jay. So all seriousness. Um, so yeah, a liaison manager um, for the club. So I guess you know, years gone by. There's no, been no formal process for coaches to go to the NRL, the officiating department, in relation to anything that really happens in a game other than ring Jared Maxwell or send a playlist in. And um, So, look, we identified last year, as long as the competition went on, and that the coaches' concerns needed to be um, addressed professionally, uh, communicated in, in the right way, and, and what we're trying to do is get consistency across the department consistency from and compliance from the teams and consistency and accuracy from the referees. And um, so now there's going to be a point of contact to the NRL, which is me. And I, it's something I enjoy, you know, I enjoy analyzing games and going through it. And I, you know, I'll be able to give the coaches some, some realistic and, and honest feedback on, on how their team's going. And 
also can relay that to the referees uh, and any any things uh, things from the referees that we feel need to be addressed with certain clubs, we can certainly communicate that. So all round, it's it's a role that um, needed to happen um, to be more professional and transparent, and hopefully we can get everyone sort of working in the right direction and getting proactive with with some of the laws and interpretations and rules of the game and, and get a better outcome. Hey, Dave, do you think it's important in that role that there is an ex-player that is articulate, intelligent, understands the game, but also understands club land and coaches so he can be that conduit and can, um, I suppose, filter it down to the to the officials? Yeah, I think it definitely helps. Sats, uh, yeah, played for a long time and, and an assistant coach for a long time and, and having spent... Um, the last two years in the officiating department, I, I you know, I'm, I'm just blown away um, at the level of the, the, the amount of um, uh, how high functioning the referees are and what I've learned in, in the referees department for the last two years. So now adding that to what I already have as a coach and, and a player, I, I definitely understand the frustrations and the concerns that the clubs and the coaches have. And, yeah, I feel that I'm in a good position to address those. Yeah, yeah. good role. Yeah, good, good on role. you, mate. Yeah, you know it from both sides. Hey, listen, before we go, we've got to let you go. And we do appreciate you coming on right. tonight, Daisy. Sats, are you confirming David Fairley as our captain of the big head team? We're locking that in. Jersey number. Did you wear 12 or 11, Daisy? I was a 12. 12. So he's I locked in. He needs, I think he needs a little bit more. He's locked I've, in. I've clearly exposed some people that you have not considered, mm. and I think you're going off early. So, yeah. well, this um, is this is embarrassing. Talk to, me, talk to me when you're more organised. And like I said, Jason Matthews, <laughs> there is a reason why your head has been in radio for 30 right. years. Right. This is a this is this has turned sour. Well, Dougie, one of our listeners, has yeah. texted in and said, "Jace, you have a fair sized melon yourself." Oh, well, I did. I put my neck out yeah. sitting on the couch doing that. Uh, listen, appreciate your time, mate. Congratulations. What an honour. You've uh, you've received tonight from uh, the hero of the 2003 Grand Final, Scott Sattler, Dave Fairley. <laughs> congratulations on being okay. our big head captain uh, tonight, and we appreciate your time on Sports Day. Cheers, fellas. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. It's called Andy Raymond Unfiltered. You may remember him from his days at Fox Sports, calling rugby league and boxing amongst many things. G'day, Andy. Hello, legends. How are we? I want to talk about uh, a podcast you've done with Wally. It's about his origin dream team. And I've got to tell you, uh, the 13 only has one blues player. You've upset it. Andy. You've upset Jace here because he's a... He's an avid Blues supporter, and he and the Wally, he thinks Wally was drinking. I expected it to be uh, a Maroon bias, as I expected the Peter Sterling episode to be a Parramatta bias, or coming up Graham Eady. He'll have a manly bias, but I didn't think it would go as far as a 12 and 1. There are 12 Maroons and one lone Blue in Wally Lewis's dream team. Now, let the arguments begin. But I come back to this, and, and you get people on social media, which is a dangerous place to visit at the best <laughs> of times, let's be honest. You get people saying, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, he does, and he's a bloody immortal. But social media, you know, Andrew Johns couldn't pass the ball, Darren Lockyer couldn't <laughs> kick the ball, and, and Arthur Beetson couldn't pass the ball. That's what social media is. But this is Wally's dream team. It's not mine. It's not yours, Jace. It's not yours, Sats. So really, it, it doesn't matter what our opinions are. I asked Wally 
his dream team, the 13 guys that he would put into a team. No right or wrong answer. It's Wally's team, so he's right. Did it even shock you? And I'm just going to read this out uh, to the listeners if they haven't seen it. Uh, fullback Billy Slater on the wings, Kerry Bostead and uh, Eric Growth Sr., the only New South Wales player. Gene Miles, Mao Meninga in the centres. Darren Lockyer, JT in the halves. Arthur Beetson, Cameron Smith, Greg Dowling, Paul Vorton, Trevor Gilmeister, Gordon Tallis, coach Wayne Bennett. Andy, did it shock you that there was only one player in there from New South Wales? Yeah, it did. I thought Brett Kenny would be in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they had, such, they had such wonderful state of origin battles. So I thought Brett Kenny would be in there. Uh, I, I had a suspicion Andrew Johns would be in there, but then I thought, no, he'll, he'll go Alan Langer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was wrong on that account. I thought Bradley Clyde and or Glenn Lazarus might have been in there, but again, wrong on both. But well, even you said, Jace, Brad Fittler. How does Brad Fittler miss out? One of the greatest origin players of all time. But, um, well, but even Peter Sterling at halfback. Kenny and Sterling in the halves. When you look at records, I think, Andy, you, Jonathan Thurston, with the amount of origins that he played during that dream, that dream era, I suppose, pretty much picks himself. Uh, how, how, how was Wally in the interview himself? Uh, Andy, it's, a, it's always great to, to talk to those immortals and their, their memories of the game. It is, and it's, it's something I get a, a huge kick out of. And, look, I've, I've been in the game and in and around these guys for, for 30 years, but sitting down one-on-one with guys like yourself, Scott, that I consider mates and, 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 you know, ambassadors for the game and guys that will go down in the history books. I'm in my element. I, I, I love it. And, and Wally was fabulous. Um, I did a, a, an incredible three-part legend series interview with him where we go back and, and go through the good, the bad and the ugly of, of Wally's career. And, Everything from the Greg Dowling, Kevin Tamady fight at Lane Park that we still see replays of, to, to him and Mark Guyer, to the feud with Wayne Bennett, to his origin highlights, uh, kangaroo tours, um, disputes with Ray Price and Frank Stanton. Uh, uh, no holds barred. This is, this is Wally Lewis like you have never heard before. He, he didn't have a handbrake. He... He didn't attack anyone, but he gave his honest and frank assessment of everything that was put forward to him. And and when a guy opens up to you like that, as an interviewer, you know you've done you know you've you've done a good job and you've you've played your part well. Um, and look, my job as an interviewer, I've always found really really simple. I'm not the star; the other guy is. Otherwise, I wouldn't need a guest on the podcast or I wouldn't need a guest on the interview. So I make my, my guests, as I did with Scott a year ago, I make my, my, my guests uh, comfortable. I leave them in no doubt that they can trust me and I let them tell their story in their words well, this because will... their story, in my words, doesn't work. Yeah, now well, this will obviously create debate and our listeners on 0457-736-736 can can text in um, their thoughts about the side, and I'm sure they will. Um, now, when you when you talk to a lot of these guests on, on your podcast, again, Andy Raymond Unfiltered, it's, it's an outstanding podcast. Is there something you didn't know from one of your guests? Because you do great research, AJ, whether it's, whether it's boxing yeah. or whether it's rugby league. You do some great research, but is there something you didn't know about a guest that you know now that, 
that basically floored you? Scotty, I do, and it's it's in an upcoming episode. Um, and it was with the 1982 Kangaroo Tour captain, Max Krilic. He comes from a Croatian background, and his father was a stout communist. They didn't believe in the Vietnam War. Max Krilic uh, was conscripted into the Australian Army to go to Vietnam in 1969. He didn't want to go, but because you were conscripted, you, you, you had to. You, well, you had to front up for your medical and your physical. He did that on a Friday, and wouldn't you believe it, he failed his physical. Wow. The next day, he played for Manly. There you go. <laughs> How's that, eh? Oh, wow. That's a great... This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.